You know, when you're growing up and you're watching the Winter Olympics and thinking, I'd love to do one of those sports. There were always a few that I always thought, mm, I'm not sure I'd ever want to do that. The luge was one of them for sure. Uh, ski jumping was the other one. And that's despite uh, sort of being of age when Eddie the Eagle Edwards made such a splash. Uh, again, there are a lot of Olympic sports that look terrifying. Again, ski jumping is one of them. Well, Canada, oddly enough, has never had much success in ski jumping. One of those odd winter sports we just weren't very good at until this past Monday when we took bronze in the mixed team event that involves four athletes jumping and competing against other teams of four. On that team, two women, two men, one of them was Matthew Sokup of Calgary. Joining me now are his parents, Alan and Judy Sokup. Uh, we were meant to speak to Matthew directly, but there are some Olympic rules and regulations, especially with lockdown, that made that more difficult. So we were going to have you all together tonight, but I'm very grateful to speak to the two of you about what must be a very proud week for you so far. Hi. Hi, Alan. Were you, you must have been watching. When, when Matthew left to go to, to Beijing, what were the expectations and how much of a surprise was it that, that they'd won this bronze? Well, their, their expectations was to uh, basically do the uh, to, to to do their best that they can on their at their seed level, which is which is really good. Um, um, there was no real expectations for a medal, um, but uh, you know when it all came together, I mean, it was just a, it was a huge surprise, and they were kind of in disbelief. It was uh, they're just all amazed at how it all came together. Obviously, you've had a chance to speak to him. Was that um, what was what was his mood like? Oh, he was exuberant, right? He was. Um, we talked to him pretty much right after the uh, the event, and uh, he was pretty much ecstatic. <laughs> it must be fun to win as part of a team too in, in that kind of event, especially a mixed team, since Canada was so instrumental in also allowing women into the sport, fighting to get women into the sport. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that the winning this medal for Canada it's very sweet because it's a team event. And they've been struggling together and to have won this together means so much more. I mean, it's significant on its own, but to have won it together is even sweeter. One of the things that um, I was asked about when I said I'd be interviewing you this evening, someone asked me, well, if you're a parent, what's it like when you're a boy? And I gather Matthew was about eight. I was reading his bio when he announced, I'm going to be a ski jumper. What must have that been like when, when you heard those words? <laughs> Seriously, when he, when he came home as that little eight-year-old from the camps at COP, and it was summertime, and he says, Mom, I've fallen in love with ski jumping. I just looked at my husband, and I said, what? Ski jumping? You can't do that in the summertime. And it took us quite a while to wrap our heads around the fact that they're jumping on artificial grass. And it's really not jumping at that age. It's really just, you know, falling and having fun and stuff like that. Yeah. What was it like then to see him progress? Because I gather by the time he was a teen, he was actually doing the real thing. It was a, it was a neat progression. Um, There's a very regimented progress from uh, the small jumps up to the larger jumps. And uh, some of the transitions between jumps was pretty easy, but some of the ones were pretty uh, unnerving for, for parents to, to watch as they start to really learn how to fly. And, and they're in the air for, you know, a few seconds. It's a, it's a, it's, um, I think you had hearts in your throat sometimes watching that go on. But one thing for sure, you do um, appreciate the coaches and how they do not allow those athletes to progress 
until they know that they can handle. They do practice falls on the landing hill. And so the coaches definitely made us feel more confident in how they allowed the athletes to move. We always associate, I think, Calgary with ski jumping because of the Olympics in 88. But I gather there were some setbacks for, the, for our ski jumping team recently in Calgary that the facility was, was, was closed. Yeah, that's, that's correct. About uh, in 2018, um, Williamsport uh, shut the facilities down. So now we basically have no uh, local um, ski jump training facilities. And uh, we've been making do with, uh, with a, like a small mobile jump in, in parking lots. Um, so it's, uh, it's not an easy path or a, a possible path for small kids, young kids to progress to the way Matthew has um, over the the last 10, 15 years. I imagine, I gather they've been training in Slovenia. Is that right? That's right. So uh, since Matthew's about 14, um, that's basically his, uh, his uh, been traveling pretty much consistently. Um, if he hasn't been, wasn't training in Calgary um, to do um, various, various um, uh, competitions, but basically after 2018, it was pretty much full time in Europe. I mean, hoping that this, that all the exposure this has gotten, it must be, it, it must raise hopes that maybe this will be a sport that will be back on the radar more in this country than perhaps it has been in the past when it's been so dominated by, you know, the Germans and so forth. But it'd be, it might be, might be um, something that Canada gets really excited about. Well, that's what we're hoping. Um, it's uh, definitely raising the awareness of the, of the plight of the sport in Canada. I mean, it's a, a very niche sport um, and very, obviously very facility-based so um, hopefully some recognition with that. Um, every time we do have some uh, training camps with small kids, there is a, quite a wide uh, range of interest there. So especially in a popular large city like of Calgary, you know, it does draw a lot of people. So we're hoping this awareness um, from the you know, general public and from the government agencies to hopefully refund some of the facilities that we can um, hopefully um, move forward from where we are now. Just, um, I was trying to look this up before we, we started speaking with you, but, but if we, is there a chance to see Matthew compete again? And when, when could we do that? Yeah, he'll be competing on Friday. Well, our Friday in Calgary, but I guess Saturday for Beijing uh, in the large hill event qualifications will be first and then the next day uh, on Sunday will follow the actual competition with two rounds. Yeah. So uh, it's a large hill versus a small hill or normal hill. So instead of around 90 meters, they'll be going around 140 meters. And everything's been going well for him in, in Beijing so far in terms of just um, the difference of being there. There's still a lot of excitement just to be at the games, just regardless of what the atmosphere is like. And I mean, the lack of fans, I guess. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's he's uh, progressed really well. He didn't arrive until 48 hours prior to his first event, which we thought was pretty short, but he managed to sail through, you know, the COVID protocols and, and he's uh, moved over with the time frame difference as well. And he seems to be really um, on his game. Alan and Judy Sokup, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for filling us in on how Matthew's doing. And we look forward to seeing him on Friday, our time, Saturday in China. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.